back, everyone, to another jam-packed episode of the Broadway Bulletin. It has been a busy week here, both on and off Broadway, and we have certainly been keeping our finger on the pulse on all that's been going on. So why don't we just jump right into it? Uh, first off, I'm very excited about this. Uh, the Cost of Living has extended its Broadway run Woo-hoo! through November 6th. Ah, oh, so excited. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's another extension. In other news, K-pop began previews on October 13th at the Circle in the Square. Wood wood. The immersive musical weaves together dance and music to take theater goers on a backstage tour of a Korean pop music factory. So I'm excited to see it. We got our ticket too. already. Boom. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. At first, I wasn't sure what it's about. But now that there's more information about it, I'm starting to get excited. It was a hugely successful <laughs> theater at uh, or off-Broadway. And I believe it was at Ars Nova if I remember correctly, and I'm almost certain that is right. Um, So it's been kind of in the wings waiting to come to Broadway for the longest time. So, yeah, here it is. Pandemic be damned. So, (laughs) In theater community news, the musical Chicago will be hosting a Trans Tech Day on October 29th, and the event will consist of um, a networking event followed by a matinee of the show with a talk back after. In... Very sad news. Um, Angela Lansbury passed away on October 11th, and the lights of Broadway were dimmed on October 15th to honor the five-time Tony Award winner. Yes, it was very sad. Just shy of her 97th birthday. Yeah. So moving right along into some show chatter, uh, Beautiful Noise announced they will release a cast album on November 2nd. So all you Neil Diamond fans out there, or Will Swenson fans... Mm -hmm. Mark your calendars. Well, and I think it's exciting because the show hasn't begun previews yet. No, I mean, it had a really, really successful run up in Boston. That's true. So there's a lot of anticipation about the show. It's very, you know, just, it doesn't happen quite as often where the album gets released before the show. Unless it's coming from, like, England. Yeah, Yeah, no, I know. I got you. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. I'll be excited to see how well this works for them. Um, also, Heather Christensen, a composer, and Lauren Yee, a book writer, are working on a musical adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time. So they're, that's in the works. Um, they're planning on starting like uh, uh, workshops in 2023. I have no idea what A Wrinkle in Time is about, so I'm just going to ride the wave on that one. This is going to be <laughs> one of those shows where I'm like, yes, here's my money, and I'm just going to see the show, and I'll probably leave and be like... Wow! You know, another Rocky for me, where everybody I feel like has seen it, and then I'm like, yeah, wrinkling time. <laughs> I'm excited about this because I'm a huge fan of this show. Uh, going back for number three soon with none other than patron, fan of the show, and awesome mom, your mom, Karen. <laughs> Titanic will transfer to the Daryl Roth Theater on November 20th where it will play a limited engagement through February 19th of 2023. Um, and if you are in the New York City area, now, soon, whatever it may be, don't miss this show. It really is just absolute fun. Absolutely just insane fun. Smart. It's so smart. It's camp, but it's so smart. In the spring, we had the pleasure to see Space Dogs. Space Dogs! And um, they just recently announced that you can stream it on Broadway HD. It's such a fun show. It is so much fun. Definitely, if you have Broadway HD, go check it out. It You will not be disappointed. The Ten is a new musical and development that is inspired by the power and spiritual energy of gospel music. It's being directed by Ruben Santiago Hudson, uh, who, if I remember correctly, is Is the artistic director at MTC. He's a Tony Award winning director. Yes, and most recently starred in Lackawanna Blues. That's right. Um, But this show will be loosely based on the story of Moses and the Ten Commandments, but set in current times. So I'm really hoping that there will be a full-on production of this done somewhere near here soon, because I love his work. Right. Well, they said that they're going to start the uh, table readings in 2023, so they're hoping to develop it's it for 2024. Think. 2023 is only a couple months away. I know, right? So, like, we throw it out there, and I'm like, yeah, it's far away. Um, nope. Just around the corner. There's one more thing I want to throw into a show chatter, because we're getting murmurs from Chicago uh, out there about a musical called The Notebook. There are yes. rave reviews about 
The Notebook the Musical. So I'm going to put this on, you know, just the radar of like, hey, there's not a lot about the spring quite yet announced. And I'd be interested to see where that goes. The rumor the rumor in the room is the Devil Wars Prada, which was anticipated to come to Broadway in the spring, is no longer coming in the spring. So could we see The Notebook the Musical on Broadway? I don't know. All I know is that they have found a way to have a full rainstorm on stage. I know. that's And that's a big thing. Like in all the reviews I was reading, I was like, wait, what? And it's not like that sheet of rain. No. It's... It is rain. So, And of course, the iconic story of The Notebook as a musical. So I'm like, hmm, hmm. I'm intrigued. Go on. So now we want to just briefly touch on a few shows that we saw. Last week. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the best things that I saw last week, uh, and I'm going to just rave about it, is 1776. Sit down, John. Um, <laughs> it was so inventive and just brilliant. The entire cast is incredible. Um, a full review is, uh, of all of these shows are available to our patrons. Um, but it just... If again, this is another show. If you're in the New York area now or anytime soon, don't miss the show. It's only on Broadway through January eighth. Um, it's very powerful in the fact that they're all female presenting actors, actresses, I guess, uh, and primar- works. primarily uh, actors of of color. Um, is makes the the meaning and the message that much more powerful. So yeah. We both saw on Monday the piano lesson. Yeah, we saw the piano lesson, and I will say it was very good. One of my favorite aspects was the set design. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful and metaphorical. Beowulf never never lets you down. Yeah. So. Um, Samuel Jackson, getting to see him on stage, did not disappoint. You know, he... I was, you always get a little nervous when you have these big screen stars come to stage. The man, I mean, he's already like, I mean, he's a, a trained stage actor, but he was in his element. It was mm-hmm. brilliant. He was so natural at it. And then add to that Danielle Brooks, who played the sister, Benita. Oh my gosh. She was, she is a force. The woman can do no wrong. Um,. And I can't think of his name, but he plays the brother who wants to sell the piano. And, um, like, I've seen his name, and I've seen his picture, but then I saw his bio about how he was in Black Klansman. And the minute he came on stage and talked, I went, oh my gosh, yes. He was so good. I mean, the the whole cast was great, but this was really just well done, really well performed. Uh, a show you unfortunately didn't get to see, but I did. Um, Tom Stoppard, who I love, Tom Stoppard. Leopold Stott. A beautiful story that follows a family from 1899, I believe it is, through 1955. Okay. It's a Jewish family, and they're in Austria. Okay. I am not going to give away this story, but it's very, very powerful, and it is timely. Um, there's a powerful message in the end, um, and 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 the line and 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 if you f- you figure it out from this, great. But um, one of the sons, Nathan, says in response to Leo, he goes by Leo or Leopold now instead of Leopold. Shot. He he says to Leo's remark, "Really, you think never again?" I'm not gonna say what Leo said, but like hearing. That that exchange, I went, oh my god, this is exactly what we needed to see and hear now, today. Um, and the last show I want to mention, I, I actually saw yesterday. Um, and it was Powerhouse. It was off-Broadway. Uh, we did an interview with the actress, Laura Shoup, the leading lady. And um, it was, it was really good. A very important story, very important message about workplace discrimination, particularly regarding gender and, you know, what's private, what's public, what rights does a company have to what part of your life, what aspect of your life. Um, It was just a very fascinating show and brilliantly acted. 
brilliantly acted. Um, I was just really blown away, you know. Um, so those are the, those are the, the I'll say the, the the four shows that stood out this week. Um, again, full reviews on all of these plus the other shows that we saw are available for our patrons, and we'll get into that in the next segment, which is hot, hot takes. takes. Like hotcakes, but hot no. takes. No, <laughs> I'm we're, sorry. We're still filling out so this new sorry. format. <laughs> you guys had to listen to that. Um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is our Whisper in the Wings. There have been a lot of Whisper in the Wings coming out. We have been bombarded with interview requests, which is which is great. Like a lot of people are wanting to to share their works, and we want to pass them on to you and let you know what's happening. Um, those are starting to wind down, which is. Uh, hopefully great because I feel like we're we're assaulting you guys a little on the ears <laughs> um, but hopefully you've been enjoying the di- the diverse conversations we've been having um, because it, it's a great representation of what's happening here with these diverse stories and theater that are being presented you know it's incredible what's well, being talked about and I think it's just great to be constantly reminded that everyone has a complete in-depth story and so it's worth stopping and listening. Well, and the, and the things that we've been able to, t- uh, the things and the people we've been able to talk about, whether it be, you know, we've recently got to speak with Tony uh, award-winning actress Tanya Pinkins, or with Broadway star Major Attaway, all the way through getting reached out to and informed about this new great show, Stormy, with uh, listener Dallas Diaz, you know, or um, we just got reached out by uh, a previous interviewer, uh, who hopefully we're going to be having on our show soon. Uh, Tyler Martin, who just had a great uh, reading of his new play, Bonded. Uh, I got to stream it. I wasn't able to go and, and be there in person, but I was like, I'm going to stream it. I'm going to keep working. I couldn't work. I had to watch it. And I was like, these incredible artists are coming to us and we get to share them with our listeners. And I, I listeners, I wish you could just be here with us to, to see these great artists and oh, and ask your questions you know which reminds me if you do have any questions for our artists please send them in to us at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com we'd be happy to pass those on to them and in, in an interview so we have a, a packed um interview season um and speaking of packed seasons the fall has been packed the winter is incredible coming down the pipeline and that spring season i can't wait as more and more shows continue to be announced um it's a lot it's a lot coming down the pipeline um and i will say it is thanks to the patrons that we have right now that we are able to continue to to do this but we definitely do need more support um so any of you out there who are in a position who might be able to help us we would greatly appreciate if you could sign up and become a patron today. It helps beyond anything you can imagine. Even if you just sign up for the basic level, it means the world to us and it helps keep the day-to-day operations here at Stage Whisper continuing. Uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. Uh, you'll see there all the different levels and what they offer whether you want to hear all the full reviews or you want to join scripted or get a tote bag because, you know, when you donate money, that's the best thing to get is a tote bag. Thanks, NPR. Um, you know, but your support goes such a huge way in helping to make sure that we can continue to bring you coverage of the theater scene as well as, you know, this uh, these amazing artists. Give them, give them the opportunity to speak to you and have a bigger platform to talk about their work. And speaking of great artists talking about their work, we're now going to throw it over to <laughs> Whisper in the Wings. And this was fun. This was such a fun uh, interview. Um, it was a fun show to see to begin with. It, it's Primary Stages production of Peerless at 5959. And I had the pleasure of interviewing... Shannon Tayo and Sasha Diamond, who played L and M, respectively. Um, and we talked about the show and their experience in the theater. And like I said, it was a blast. So with that, listeners, please enjoy this episode of Whisper in the Wings.
welcome in listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings. I am all agog about who we have on our show today. Um, joining us are the two leading ladies from the show Peerless, which is being presented by Primary Stages and being performed at 59E59 Stages now through November 6th. We have Shannon Tayo, who is playing L, and Sasha Diamond, who is playing M. Ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank Hello. you. Thanks for having us. I... I'm so pumped because after seeing your show, I was like, I have to have someone from the show on. Like, this was an incredible show. Uh, all I got told was kind of the the current topical issue about um, college admittance. And then someone said, it has a Shakespeare story in the background. I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and, and as I was talking to Sasha before, um, from the word go when the 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 crazy girl comes on i was like i immediately know what shakespeare thing we're doing and (laughs) and i was just off to the i was literally just so leaning in on my seat completely consumed did not see the ending coming at all and i was all about it so yay to get things going as i've hyped this up in the most vague way possible (laughs) um would one of you like to tell us a bit about the show yeah, so Peerless is a story about um, twin Asian girls in high school who have strategically planned their lives to get into the college of their dreams. And the college of their dreams only admits one student per year from this school. Um, and they learn at the very beginning that it wasn't them. And so they have to sort of figure out how to achieve their their life goals. Scheme <laughs> their way into their life goals. Yeah. <laughs> By any means necessary. Now if 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 I remember correctly, Sasha, you you playing um ooh, my computer just spazzed. You playing uh, M, you're the older sister, right? Well technically we're twins, though I might have popped out a few minutes before <laughs> L did, but L has stayed back a year so that M can get into the college first since they only take one. And then the next year when Elle is a senior, Elle will have sibling preference and she'll be able to get into the college next. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot. Like I knew you were, you both were twins, but I forgot about like in my head, I was like, yeah, they're twins, but I forgot like twins. Hello. Same time. So I was <laughs> like, they're a year apart. No, that's how well, like well-written the story was like you, your brain registers that, but then like you also put in like other year apart. So usually this is a question I ask um, a director or a writer, but I've been really interested in asking actors this, especially now that we, you know, we're a year after theater's return, but how did you two come upon this show? And I'll start with Shannon on this question. How did you come up on this show? Mm. Um, I read it years and years and years and years ago. Um, Sasha has like a very long and storied history with it. And Sasha and I also have a very long and storied history with each other. Um, (laughs) but I remember, um, I remember first reading it. I don't even know. I mean, like 2014, when, you know? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Around about 2014. And, um, and I just, I just remember thinking how much I loved it and how much I wanted to do it. Um, and then the production that Sasha ended up doing at Barrington stage, sorry, took your lines. <laughs> um, but I was also at Barrington doing a different show at that time. And we had just finished a show with each other. Um, so I got to see it then. And I was like, this is, this is absolutely it. So for years, um, when anybody would, you know, that sort of perennial question of like, what, what's a role that you like really want to do? Uh, Peerless was always at the top of my list. In a real way, I'm not trying to like suck up to the playwright. <laughs> <laughs> You're like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No. Yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, I already got the job, so it's too late for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that's my sort of uh, uh, history with it. Sasha, how about you? Yeah, so I heard about it when it was at Yale Rep. Um, when it, uh, Tiffany Villarin and Teresa Avia Lim were playing MNL. And a friend of mine was like, you have to go see this show. It's really great. It's, you know, you should check it out. You might be able to audition for it someday. Um, So I went and it was awesome. And then I had the opportunity to audition for the Barrington stage production one. So I got to do that, which was directed by Louisa Prosky. And she was awesome. 
Um, my L was Laura Sohn, who was also fantastic. And uh, Margo and Jihei came to see that production. And I think I've worked with Margo a bunch in workshops since then. And so we've kind That's of- That's our director. Yes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and so when this one came around, I was really lucky to get to join the cast and revisit it, especially with Jihei in the room. That was a very special way to attack the script. It was fun. Jihei Park, the author. <laughs> yes. Well, what was it like developing the show in these roles? Uh, Sasha, I'll start with you on that one. Well, I think the show was pretty well developed, especially by the time I saw the script or I was performing the script at Barrington. Um, but I know that they had a lot of development prior to that performance so or production. Um, so they did like workshops at the Cherry Lane. They had the Yale Rep production. Um, a lot of amazing people have sort of taken on these parts and, and helped create them. Um, but I also think the lore around this is that Jihei kind of like magically popped it out. <laughs> she kind of, I think I might be telling this wrong, but I think she wrote it pretty quickly and um, wholly. And so the the work that's been done on it that I've seen has been pretty minimal. We We sort of got a finished product by the time we showed up. The one thing that changed was a scene later in the play that helped clarify um, the the big twist at the end, uh, but I won't give too much away about about that. Oh no 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 no! Because that was exciting. That was a lot of fun. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shannon, how about you? Since this was one of your dream roles, what was it like developing, you know, the character in in this particular production? Uh a lot of fun. The whole process has been a lot of fun. Um, I, I don't know. It was, um, fairly straightforward on my part. Uh, the interesting thing about this, this dynamic, because, you know, it's sort of based off, off Macbeth. So instead of a husband wife, we have these sisters and Jihei has a note in the script in the beginning that says, this is a love story between sisters. And there's like a, a part after that, that sort of talks about, uh, L in particular, in the same vein as Lady M, it's less interesting if both of these people are psychopaths and there's and they're just, you know, unhinged. And it's much more interesting if all the things that they are doing are out of love, out of genuine love, if there's actually a motivation, even if it comes across as something else to L slash Lady M, there are there are actual reasons based in love and support as deranged as it may uh, turn out to be. Uh, so basically I just had to make M like the center of L's world and it was easy from there. message or the thought that you're hoping audiences will take away from the show and I'll kick it back to Shannon again first for this one yeah uh <laughs> a couple of things I know just uh on the sort of straightforward front um it's interesting when there are people in the audience who are maybe going through the college application process or have recently gone through um, because things just hit different. Um, and I think it's just an interesting, um, you know, I'm going to full on give my age away. I'm 35 years old. So I did this, I did this process many years ago. Um, and I remember the pressure and it's even worse now. Uh, so I think um, it's an interesting thing to get people who are not recently out of college or inside of this process right now uh, to think about the actual pressure. <laughs> Obviously the show is is uh, is extreme and hyperbolic, but just to give everybody a chance to, to sit and focus on the actual pressure that is on ch children. If you're 18, you're a child. <laughs> uh, children to determine their futures uh, and all the things that go into it. And um, I think uh, another interesting sort of universal thought would be uh, the thought of, what people are willing to do under pressure is sort of the overarching theme of, of the show. And then on a sort of like a personal level, 
Um, these are uh, Asian American villains, but like 3D villains. <laughs> and Sasha and I uh, had this sort of interesting experience with the stage combat. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm gesturing to Sasha to see if it's okay to say, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. We had this moment in rehearsal where we were doing some stage combat stuff and oh, we yeah. both realized, we both realized we had never been the one punching. We had always been the one being punched or slapped or choked. And neither of us knew how to be the aggressor because that had never been called upon us in our careers to be the uh, strong one or to be the one who was doing the hitting. And that was sort of a sad, <laughs> a sad slash uh, funny, you know, rueful laugh sort of moment at work. Um, so I just think it's, uh, it's really fun to get to be the one with all the agency. <laughs> And to be the one who is is like morally compromised, I think, you know, Asian Americans are sort of in this weird moment of representation where we have to, you know, every hit out of the box has to be perfect and like portray us perfectly. And we're not a monolith and we're not, you know, all perfect. And I think it's interesting, at least to me, you know, like, um, what is it called? Like the Don Drapers and the and the um, Breaking Bads. What are they called? There's a name for that type of anti-hero. Anti-hero. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, L and M are Asian antiheroes, uh, which I think, you know, if we're talking about representation, let's talk about across the board, you know, not just uh uh monks saving kittens from a mudslide. <laughs> <laughs> and then um Sasha, how about you? What is the message that you're hoping audiences will take away? I think similarly to what Shannon said, it's it's really easy to condemn these two kids for for doing the things that they do and being as misguided as they are. But I think it's actually a condemnation of the system that we're in and the the pressure, not only from like within minority communities to succeed, but also that there is only one way to succeed. In this universe, it's, you know, you have to get into this school because then you'll have a, a future and you'll be safe, right? And you'll you'll achieve the same safety that maybe your white counterpart already has or doesn't need to worry about. And so these characters are doing things you know, there's a part in the play where my character is asked, what do you want? And she says to succeed. And the the witch character says, well, that's nothing. Don't you want more? And M says, yes, I want to be safe. I want to be free. I want what I deserve, which is everything. And I think that that's, that's what the story is about. It's about this massive systemic pressure that's on these kids. And the terrible things that they do to get through, but what they're aiming for is security and safety and the same thing that other people have and don't really have to worry about. If I may piggyback on that as well, I think the wonderful thing about the show is also it shows within this, this you know, sort of terrible system that's that college admissions is, um, it shows it really shows very clearly how these like how minority groups are sort of pitted against each other. Um, and it also shows uh, to like a lesser extent, but it deals with um, like class privilege. You know, if you are a wealthy person and you have all this money for for tutors and um, or, you know, if your mom used to be on full house and you can sort of swim <laughs> your way in. <laughs> um, but no, it's I mean, it's true. That was a super high profile uh, instance in which, you know, they were caught. But that stuff happens all the time <laughs> to a lesser extent. And um, so there's that. And and uh, especially like uh, I, uh, I I'm going to try not to spoil too much, but there's a, a Native American character in the show uh, that is sort of pitted against the twins um, in uh, in a in a you know, in a college admission setting, there's there's different stratifications of what, quote unquote, a minority is. Um, and it and it really uh, delves into that in a really interesting way. And uh, I must I'm sort of at the point now with theater where I want to see conversations like that. I want to see like Asian people talking to Native American people. I want to see like Mexican people talking to uh, Japanese people. Like I want to see like different kinds of people talking to different kinds of people. Uh, yeah. The last question I want to ask in the first part of this is who do you hope have access to this show? Uh, and Sasha, I want to go ahead and start with you on that one. I hope that younger people and people of color have access to the show. I think, and artists especially, I think um, 
I think that there are student rush tickets available. Uh, Today Ticks has discounted tickets. Um, but theater in general, I think, historically has been for people who can afford it and is meant for people who sometimes can't afford it. And so um, I encourage people to take a look at those opportunities. And um, I, I hope I hope that that the people that this is for are able to access it. I mean, it's for everybody, but, you know, we're presenting young people of color on stage. And so I think it's especially important that they get access. Yeah. Shannon, how about you? I agree with everything Sasha said. And um, it's a little tricky for our show because some of the some of the language that the characters use is is um, straight up and down ableist um, and terrible because these are not yeah. good people. No. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I always do push for accessibility in every show. I was uh, working at the public recently and we had a couple of sensory friendly shows um, where we had... Um, some lovely people come in to like work with us and um, the sensory friendly show uh, was so in my estimation anyway, and I'm not the one producing, but it seemed like so um, manageable mm. <laughs> to uh, make theater accessible for everyone. And, um, and I just think uh, at the bare minimum, I mean, it sucks to have just like, oh, there is one show in this whole uh, run of this show that has closed captioning, right? That's that sucks. If you're if you're a deaf person and you can't make that show, then what? You're just out. Um, but it's somewhere to start at least, I think. And there's a lot of shows that don't have that. And I think unfortunately we are one of them. And I'll go ahead and call that out. But I do think uh, in general, why is you know theater should be for everyone, mm. everyone. Well, Mayi, so I just did Once Upon a Korean Time, uh, directed by Ralph Pena, written by Daniel Isaac at Mayi, and they did a fantastic job of having, they had 99 cent shows, they had multiple open caption shows, they had AAPI nights, they had Korean nights, they really did their due diligence to provide accessible tickets to welcome the audiences that were supposed to see this show. And, you know, I don't know what their box office sales were at the end of the day, but I do know that being on stage every night, the houses were packed and they were packed with people that were excited to be there and engaged and like awake. I mean, it was it was a really big gift. So they did a good job of that. Yeah, let me piggyback on that, too, because um, the artistic director, Ralph Pena, will kill me if I don't say this. The show <laughs> that I was doing at the public with the sensory friendly shows were were co-produced and we had those shows because of Mayi, which is a yeah. you know a relatively small theater company. Um, and honestly, if they can do it, everybody else can. There's no excuse. Truly. I mean, they might have hemorrhaged money. I'm not sure. But they did, but they did it. You know, <laughs> but they did it. Exactly. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Exactly. They might have less money than other companies are still doing it. <laughs> or they might bring in more when it comes time for like fundraising because it's like, hey, maybe. Don't I want to get behind that? Yeah. They certainly deserve it. They deserve Absolutely. Yeah. years now and let our listeners get to know both of you a little bit more um and i want to start by asking you uh what shows in the past have inspired you or that you love and i'll also open it to uh composers or uh playwrights and i will start with hmm, oh okay i guess I'm, I'm kicking it down to shannon then <laughs> Sasha just threw me under the bus. I know. I got the, uh, no, I like, <laughs> um, so the question is like performances that have inspired you or writers. What, what and... shows what shows do you love or have inspired you as well as composers or playwrights? Okay. Uh I tend to watch all um across the board, like television movie, uh uh, theater from like a performance-based standpoint I'm like that that performance it makes me forgive like the rest of the thing that I didn't like <laughs> or something like that um so off the top of my head um this is from so long ago but it's one of my favorite things Mark Rylance in Jerusalem mm -hmm. um 
uh, <laughs> and um, uh, Stephanie Berry in On Sugarland uh, taught me <laughs> what comedic timing was and stillness and what is possible. Um, uh, writers, uh, this is the sort of thing where it's like when you asked me, like, name a song, and I'm like, I have never yeah. heard music. <laughs> um I this is sort of cheap because like we are friends and I have been in his place but I love uh Lloyd says writing um and he has a show coming up at the Atlantic called the far country that um is beautiful and everyone should go see that and um oh boy there's so many I'm there's so many things that I'm forgetting right now maybe if Sasha goes then I'll stop panicking and I'll have some more to say. I guess I'll put spite on you now, Sasha. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it's a it's a hard question. Um, I was gonna say Lloyd as well. So I did his show, The Wong Kids. That was like one of the first things I did um in the city. And he writes with such hyper intelligence and such humor. And it was a kid's show, but it was like some of the most complex things I've ever said on stage and it, it's it's thrilling it was so much fun and everything I've seen of his that he's written or workshopped or whatever it's always brilliant well I'll also say um Shannon and I met doing Leonica Winkler's Kentucky at EST and that that show was one of my favorites um it was about a Hapa family Hapa being half white half Asian and I'm Hapa. And so to, to have that represented on stage and to to look at the nuances of this particular family and um and the ways, the like the really quirky ways that Leah writes, and um there's like a, a cat that was a human. It, it was like it's funny and it's accessible and it challenges what you usually see on on stage. And also anything Leah writes is brilliant. And she's got a play coming up at Yale Rap. Oh, also Lloyd plays coming up is uh, featuring Shannon. So <laughs> that's another reason to go see. <laughs> she just blew up my spot. Yeah. Okay. Rishi Joseph, one of my favorite playwrights alive. Every time I pick up something of his, it's like stupid smart. It It's painful to read. Because also like, I don't think there's anything he's written that I could get to play. And that makes me furious. <laughs> <laughs> but every time he writes something... Or is workshopping something or something. It's like, it's so smart and it just like comes out genius. Um, Maybe he'll hear this and be like, all right, I got to write something for her now. No, I've begged him already. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but he's awesome. There are so many incredible, incredible playwrights working right now. And they're also a lot of them working in TV. Like Leah's working in TV a lot. Susan Stanton just won an Emmy for Succession. Yeah. She's working in TV. She's amazing. Well, um, Sasha, I'm going to start with you for this next question. Um, I know that you both are, are busy working, but have you seen any shows lately that you might recommend to our listeners? Oh my God. I'm going to be totally honest. I've been kind of buried in the weeds just coming off of Daniel's show with Ma Yi, um, I was doing double duty and rehearsing and performing, rehearsing Peerless while performing Once Upon a Korean Time. So I've been in like a massive hole. I can recommend Love Island. <laughs> it's like a great way to waste time and unwind after your stressful day. Survivor. Uh, Survivor, highly recommend. <laughs> oh, bless, bless. For all of the ways in which Survivor is of course problematic too. But it's fun. Are you? Do you have any plans to see any shows coming up? I do indeed. Um, at Roundabout Theater, you will get sick. Directed by Sam Pinkleton, by Noah Diaz, with the famous Daniel K. Isaac, and Miranda Anderson, who is also in Teenage Dick, and Nate Miller, who is amazing, and Linda Lappin. Lappin? Lavin? Lavin. Lavin. See? Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Edit that out. Lavin. Um, I, we're not friends. Yet. <laughs> you never will be now. No, I never will be. This is my exit from the American theater. <laughs> um, and then Catches Catch Can at Playwrights Horizons, starring John Norman Schneider, Cindy Chung, and another person with whom I'm not friends yet, but hope to be. 
How about you, Shannon? Have you seen anything or are you seeing anything coming up that you might recommend? <laughs> all right. So Sasha and I are very good friends. <laughs> we're going to see all those shows together <laughs> because we have the same schedule for the foreseeable future. So it's like, do you want to go on, on this one day that we can go? Do you want to go together? <laughs> um, I did I did manage to see um, Weightless at WP, which I loved. Oh, good. Uh, I think it's closing Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure when this comes out. So, uh, but if you missed it, you missed it and you'll, and you lost. <laughs> um, it was by the Kilbanes. Uh, it was directed by uh, Tamla Woodard, choreography by Nikki Douglas. It was beautiful. And it was um, like a rock concert with a, a Greek myth sort of thing. It's so like it got, com- yeah. Hades yeah. Yes, exactly. It was very much compared to um, Hades Town, but I, I, and I, and I love Hades Town, and I also I loved this, um, and the song is stuck in my head all the time. Yes, yeah, yes. And I didn't know what I was getting into, and I was just like, oh, yeah. oh, this is my jam. And yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so good. So I will also say, uh, Ensemble Studio Theater's marathon of one act plays is coming up. It looks like a great lineup, and the lineup includes a play written by Shannon Tayo, directed by Nikki Douglas. So, highly recommend that as well. I did get that mailer yesterday. Hey. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sasha, kicking it back to you, I would like to ask what's your favorite part about working in the theater? That's a great question. I think, um, I've, I've really enjoyed working on camera lately, and I was actually a little bit. I was like, I don't know, will I like it? Like, how will I feel being back in front of people again? But it's, you forget how thrilling it is. It's just thrilling to have a conversation with with an audience in real time. You know, you we know how you're feeling because we can see you and we can hear you laughing or we can hear you talking to each other or we can hear you snoring and all of it is is part of it. It's all, it's it's a live conversation and that's, it's really exciting to return to that. And then Shannon, how about you? What's your favorite part? I've been very, very lucky, knock on wood, uh, so far in my life that the people I have worked with are wonderful people. I wish I'm I, I agree with Sasha about like the audience and the conversation and everything, but on a selfish front, I'm like, ah, I just like working with my friends. <laughs> um, and then uh for me, it's for acting style-wise, I either I like doing on-camera work because it's, you know, sort of a one and done. Like I did it once. It was, it was that the way that we wanted and moving on. So I like either that or running a show for so long that, um, what's the, <laughs> the term is a semantic sati- satiation where if, you know, if you repeat a word so many times, it starts to lose all form and meaning. Um, like if you said the word, uh, I think it's in like dumb and dumber. If you say the word road over and over, eventually you're like, what is, what is, what is this word? Um, <laughs> but there's something about repeating something for so long that really causes it to, to sort of like break apart in your mind in a really interesting way where all of a sudden you could be doing the show for the, you know, 50th time. And you're like, ah, oh my God, I get what that is. Um, which to me is, to me is super interesting. It's, and I, I think I sort of like doing things the hard way. So it's almost like, you know, like uh, punching at a, a block of wood, 50 times and then you finally break it and your knuckles are all bloody, but you're like, I broke the board. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I like that. (laughs) I love those answers. Both fantastic. Well, we've now come to my favorite question of the interview. Um, And Shannon, we're going to start with you. And it is, what is your favorite theater memory? I get, I, I, I have the memory of a goldfish, so I have to, I'll just, I'll just talk about, (laughs) Uh, Peerless has been a really, honest to God, it's been such a wonderful um, experience for, for me. The whole process has been like really, really fun. And um, I was doing a show prior to this for many years, um, beautiful show uh, called The Chinese Lady, um, written by Loitza. And um, it was a very intense process and it um and I and again I, I did it for years and uh so this is my first show out of doing that show for so long and um not that the not that doing Chinese Lady wasn't joyful but this is um peerless is like absurd <laughs> uh 
Um, so I truly do. I love uh, working on the show. And I have a feeling when I get past the show, when the show is closed, I will still look back and remember like standing behind Benny Wayne Sully going like getting ready to enter. Um, and I, and I will feel so, so like lovely and nostalgic about it because I really do love, you know, stomping on stage and seeing, you know, stupid Sasha Diamond there. And then we <laughs> turn our heads and we do this, um, our lovely friend, John Norman Schneider, who is in Catches Catch Can at Playwrights, um, came to see the show and he gave us the finest compliment that we've gotten, which was like, the first scene is like a magic trick. Like, I don't know how you're doing that. Um, and that to me is so fun. Uh, so let me just, I'll say every time we do the first, uh, scene in Peerless is, is really, really wonderful. And that's the last nice thing I'm going to say about you. So oh, do it. <laughs> and they were never friends again. Never. <laughs> we hate each other. You have awkward theater ahead. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Sasha, how about you? What's your favorite theater memory? Um, my, I think the first thing that occurred to me is like not a real theater memory, but I, I have these like little mini anxieties. One of them is that I'm like mouthing my scene partner's words, which I've never done, but I just like ha have this ever present anxiety that I'm doing it <laughs> because I'm obviously not focusing on the thing I'm supposed to be focusing on. She just on. asked our stage manager the other day, <laughs> our stage manager um, was checking in with us and she was like, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody else's lines, am I? <laughs> And like it was like what? Like, I'm like you stare into my face the entire show. I would have told you by now. Yeah, well, that's what I'm relying on. But I don't know. It's like these weird anxieties. But before this one manifested, my previous one was that I was convinced I was going to poop myself on stage. <laughs> so, so I would tell people this, and I would get backstories, like like myths of times when people poop themselves on stage. And so I think those stories are my favorite theater memory. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's this one story that cannot be true, but must like it must be true in my brain. But like there's like they're doing Swan Lake and the ballerina in the white um, costume is ill that day. And she gets lifted up by her castmates or whatever. And then all of a sudden she goes, I'm pooping. And then she like runs off stage. Wait, I've heard that too. Hey, see? <laughs> As a dresser that <laughs> there is not enough money in the world in the world a decent person <laughs> would never would would i'm gonna take this home and hand wash it and i'll yeah. maybe buy a new one right <laughs> are there any other projects uh or or productions that, that either of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug um i'll start with you sasha do you have anything I don't at the moment, but I would love to plug Shannon's. She's got the 30-something the marathon of one-act plays at Ensemble Studio Theater, of which I'm a member. So I guess it's like a, a plug for my theater company. Um, uh, she wrote it. It's being directed by Nikki Douglas. It sounds amazing. And that's coming up. And then she will also be in the far country at the Atlantic. I know I'll be at least seeing you then, Shannon, in one of those because I, I have tickets for Atlantic. So that'll yeah. be fun. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add to that, Shannon, or just just the two? Hopefully travel. Hopefully I'll like go visit family in Seattle or something. That's what I've got coming yeah. up. Go to Hawaii. Seattle. What are you doing? I could go to Hawaii. That's just more expensive. Take me to Hawaii. Oh, that's Puerto Rico, man. That's where it's at. Go where? Puerto Rico. Ooh, I've never been to Puerto Rico. Oh my God, it's so nice. Okay. But speaking of Puerto Rico, <laughs> if our listeners want more information about Peerless or about either of you, or they want to contact either of you, how can they do that? Mm, okay, wait, I have, an, I have a discount code to offer. Until October 22nd, if you use the code TWIN, T-W-I-N, there's a two-for-one deal on tickets. It's for starting today through the 22nd of October. What's the code again? Twin, T-W-I-N. Um, and uh, I have Instagram. It's just my name, Shannon Tayo, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-T-Y-O. Not very creative on that front. Uh, but yeah, there's that. I have a website. You know how to use Google. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go to primarystages.org to buy tickets and learn more about the show. Um, and yeah, check out Instagram. 
or or Wendell Sasha. Oh, at I am Sasha Diamond. Well, my guests today have been the amazing Shannon Tayo and Sasha Diamond, uh, who play L and M in Primary Stages production of Peerless, which is playing at fifty nine E fifty nine stages now through November sixth. You can get tickets or more information by visiting primarystages.org or 59e59.org. And you can also use the discount code TWIN, T-W-I-N, for two-for-one tickets through October 22nd. And be sure to follow Sasha and Shannon on Instagram at Shannon Tayo and at I am Sasha Diamond. And we're going to have all this information in our episode description as well as on our social media. So Shannon, Sasha, thank you so, so much for joining me today. This has been beyond fun (laughs) and beyond amazing. I mean, really, this has been like a dream come true. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. This is really fun. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. (laughs) Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar, Juanitos, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>